Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio 855am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Did you miss the latest episode of your favourite 3CR show? Visit 3CR's new improved website. Now you can listen to the latest episode of almost every 3CR show with one click, including music, arts, community languages, current affairs and more. No need to podcast, no need to download. Visit 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Then go to your favourite programs page to listen. talking about ecological thinning and subsidised longing, but we basically mean the same things, don't we, here? Wherever there are chemical corporations around the world, they're constantly trying to chip away at regulations. Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories, from developments in government and industry to the campaigns and communities that are standing up to them. Earth Matters plays at 11am Sunday and 6.30am Wednesday. Turn your dial to 855am or listen online at 3cr.org.au. While the headlines have subsided, the nuclear power plant is still not under control, with the spent fuel rods removed from only one out of four reactors. Law needs to change so that uh, our rights can be recognised, so that decisions in relation to the use and exploitation of our lands is out. And you're listening to 3CR on, um, oh sorry, Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio 855am. So the songs that we just heard was I Bet on Losing Dogs by Mitski from her latest album Puberty 2. And and the most recent song was Nobody Dies by Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. Uh, both really amazing artists. So if you really like the songs, definitely go support them and check out, check out their music. So today um, I'd just like to acknowledge that um, Queering the Air is broadcasting from the stolen lands belonging to the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to elders past and present and any Indigenous elders who may be tuning in right now, as well as um, 
acknowledging the role of sister girls and brother boys in um, in queer struggles here in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, big shout out to to all of you. Um, yeah, thank you from Nick on In Psychedelia. That was a great show. And um, today on Queering the Air, you're listening with myself, Tan Hung, and I've got a lovely, lovely interview that I did with Vivian Fu, who's a photographer based from San Francisco, California, um, to show you. So Vivian and I talked about the sentimentality on film as well as sexuality and the the kind of portrayal of, like, ourselves in um, self-portraits and what that means. So um, we're just going to hear from her. So Vivian, can you tell me um, what brought you to photography? Mm. I came to photography, I think my dad is really interested in photography. Um, So he was always sort of taking pictures, um, of like family get togethers or like road trips. Um, I remember when I was younger, he was very interested in and still is very interested in, uh, like, like nature photography, I guess. Mm. Um, so he would sort of like stop on the side of the road when we were on family road trips and take pictures of like wildflowers, um, or pictures of us in front of like you know, like natural landscapes. Um, so I feel like photography has always been around. Um, and it was around a lot because my dad was so interested in it. Um, but I, I guess I became interested in it because my dad had like a camera sitting around that he was no longer using. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was something that I could do on these trips. Um, just because my dad, had a tendency to lag a lot. Um, like we would go on these family hikes and he would bring his camera and we would be like me and my mom and my sister would be done with the trail before he was and we would be waiting for like an hour. <laughs> um, so I feel like if I had a camera, then like I had a reason to kind of lag or mm. it was like a way to take up time or like spend time. Um, and I guess also because the types of pictures that my dad liked taking of these trips, I just didn't feel like were very indicative of how I felt about the trip. He was very like, and then we were at this place, and this is the picture of the family like in front of the place that we went to. Mm. Um, and I feel like even now, those aren't the types of pictures that I necessarily want to take if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I'd love to hear more about like how that, how you feel like your dad's perspective of photography differs from yours and maybe how he influences you as well. Well, I mean, the things that my dad is interested in has like shifted a lot. Um, like now he's really interested, he's, he'll really take pictures of anything, but his process for it is different, I'd say. Um, I think I'm maybe more of a feelings-based photographer. Like, I'm very, like, touchy-feely, like, sentimental. Mm. Um, and my dad is – he has, like, a physics background. Um, so the way that he photographs and potentially the way that he sees the world is very, like, logical. Mm. Um, and I feel like that comes across in his photographs. Like, I think my – I think we are similar in that we are both compulsive photographers. Um, 
like he will just compulsively take photos of things and I do as well. But I think the sort of images that trigger us to want to pull out a camera and take a picture are different. Um, and I guess also the types of things that I want to hold on to and remember are different than what my dad wants to, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, um, you mentioned that he liked documenting like where you were at and, okay, we were at this part of the trip now and this part of the trip. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think part of this is different visual f- like frame of references. So my dad was is very interested in like National Geographic. Mm-hmm. So I, I think like those types of images influence what he's drawn to and what he views as being art. Um, and so I come from a very different visual background, which was like whatever trash exists on the internet is like, that's like my frame of reference. And that's like the visual language that I'm familiar with and understand. Um, and on top of that, like maybe it's a generational difference, um, which is just like the type of art that my dad is looking at or whatever is influenced by maybe that work influenced people who are maybe like 20 years older than me. And then those people made art that then influenced me, if that makes sense at all. Hmm. So, um, what kind of mediums was your dad using mostly film at the time or? I mean, when I was younger, it was film, but that was just because digital cameras didn't exist yet. Um, or maybe they did and they're not affordable. I don't really remember, but my dad shoots like digital now and he sort of like actively criticizes me for shooting film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I, I love your film photography and I'd love to know more about like how using that perhaps feels different to other mediums like your phone camera or um, a digital camera. I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking about a few moments ago about um, kind of being like a touchy-feely photographer and my mm. dad being very logical. So logically, it makes sense to be shooting digital because it's the most cost effective and you can take as many pictures as you want and it doesn't like cost you more money to take more photos. Whereas with film it does. Um, And like me being like sentimentally tied to film makes me like overlook the logical aspect of why shooting film would be better. I guess part of the reason why I like shooting film is related to the fact that like there's less images that you can take. So I don't know, like the images in some way have to be like more considered, which isn't to say that people shooting digital, like aren't considering the photos that they're taking. Um, But I think like a psychological thing for myself, it's very helpful. Um, And I think aesthetically film has these qualities that are very like emotionally evocative that I sort of um, like grab onto because I think my pictures are like just like very sentimental and romantic and I I think having the grain of film and like I really enjoy cameras that have a timestamp and I feel like all of these like qualities about film sort of highlight the way that I'm feeling about the images I guess it's sort of like lending this extra layer of romance yeah. on top of the image Yeah, I really like that about your photography. Like, I like the way you use lighting and film as well. And um, the the kind of, you mix, like, for me, like, um, a lot of the photos I've, some of my favorite of yours have been the ones 
with you um, in nature, with your friends or with Tim. One in particular is the one of you standing naked on the rock and the light is kind of crossing down and through the middle of you. It's just okay. a, yeah, yeah, that one. And you're in boots and mm. you're standing on the rock. Yeah, and I really love the lighting of that. Um, I don't know if that one was shot on film in particular. Yeah, it was. Very few of the pictures that I've taken are photographed digitally. Mm-hmm. I have had digital cameras. I just, I think now I've been shooting film for so long that the like digital processes just feel like very foreign now. Mm, yeah. Do you process your own film and all of that? No, I, um, I used to work at a photo lab, so I was able to process my own film for free. I mean, it, it was like I was processing it, but I wasn't necessarily just like doing it by hand, if that makes sense. Like I put it through a machine. Yeah. So that made shooting film like very affordable for me. Yeah. Um, because... I was able to process it for free and on top of that I was able to scan my film for free Mm. which saves a ton of money Hey y'all this is Natalie from Blue King Brown and you're listening to 3CR support community radio and your local music scene subscribe now In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR Community Radio hit the airwaves, heralding 40 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. This will be the first station owned and operated by a cooperative of community organisations on a Melbourne-wide basis. This is 3CR. As the status quo of old media is challenged, as publications come and go, in a country with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world, 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're not talking about land rights, we're talking about sovereignty. That's why it's important for us to be at the 10 Embassy. From the protests against the Franklin River Dam to the 1998 waterfront dispute, from the east-west tunnel picket to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy, the history of 3CR is dynamic and passionate and ongoing. I was born here. I will die here. I am not moving. So as we celebrate 40 years in 2016, we ask you, our volunteers, listeners and supporters, to join in in saying... Happy birthday, 3CR! I'd love to know more about your thoughts on the sentimentality of film because um, I also shoot film photography and I'm very much inspired by, like, my old family photos and, like, the kind of the kind of aesthetic that, like, I have a large extended family, so the kind of aesthetic that was created in the 80s and 90s that they would take of yeah. each other and of, like, family gatherings, family barbecues, things like that. Yeah. Do you yeah, feel yeah. like um, your the sentimentality is inspired by, like, your own family? I'm not sure, but I, I feel like... I'm not somebody that's anti-digital and I'm also not somebody that is very like fuck digital, like film forever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like a a personal preference, but also as somebody who has 
just like seen so many pictures in the world, just like how can you not as a person on the internet? I feel like family photos now look a lot different than family photos from mm. like when I was growing up or like family photos from like when my parents were growing up. And I've, I feel like it's a difference that extends beyond like the aesthetics of film versus digital. I think that um, now since people are able to take so many photos, um, they're able to like sort of like, it's more highly curated. Like maybe before people would take maybe five pictures and then pick like the best one out of the five. Mm, And now you can shoot like as many pictures. So I feel like, I don't know, there's like a, I feel like there's a spontaneity that's sort of lost. And for me, a lot, like, for me, I think my pictures are not like technically perfect, but that's kind of what I appreciate about them. Mm. And I appreciate that some of my pictures are maybe awkward. Um, And to me, that kind of makes them more special and like better photos. I don't like my pictures are still curated because I still take maybe five pictures and pick the best one. But I feel like it forces me to maybe try to be a little more honest with myself and my photography, if that makes sense at all. Um, Yeah. How does that honesty come through when you like, say, photograph just yourself or like when you photograph you and Tim? I guess now when I'm photographing myself, I'm not as concerned about beauty if that makes sense like my reasons for taking pictures are not based around beauty necessarily um and I think also because I feel pretty comfortable in the way I feel about myself it's easy to be like oh this might be like an unflattering photo of me but Mm. I think that it's like a good photo Mm -hmm. um which isn't necessarily a feeling that I extend to other people's pictures of me I guess maybe because the difference is like, oh, this is the way that I'm viewing myself versus like this is my projection of how somebody else is viewing me, if that makes sense. Like when somebody else is taking a picture and I'm like, oh, that's a bad picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like projecting onto them in maybe a way they don't like intend. But Mm. um, so I guess it's like easier for me to be honest with myself in my own photography. I don't know if that's like a really good answer or a really bad one. Is it because like, you have that sense of control over what kind of image you're portraying. I mean, you won't, you won't actually fully know until you develop the film. Yeah, like, I, I just, like, don't know. How does it feel when you're adding other people into the, to the image alongside you? Uh, in, just, like, in terms of, like, including other people within my work or specifically images where, like, it's a picture of me but also including them? it's a picture of you including them and like are you what are you trying to get at when you're bringing in other people I mean to be entirely honest I think that it's just like sometimes you want a a group shot kind of and I want to be the person that takes the group shot maybe (laughs) Um, I guess I don't feel entirely comfortable like handing the camera off to somebody random and asking them to take a picture of like me and Tim or mm-hmm. me and my friends. Um, I'm trying to think of like specific images. I think also with photos of me and Tim, they're maybe like too intimate or it's just the two of us and there is nobody to ask. And in some way, if another person were to be taking the picture, we would be acting differently and it would show up in the image, I think. 
there's like a particular image where you can't see your face and it's just like your both of your skin touching. Okay. And you're like on, on top of Tim or Tim's on top of you and you're just like skin to skin. It's just kind of like squished. Squished, body. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that kind of image would be portrayed very differently or like viewed differently if you didn't take the photo? Yes. Sometimes I wonder about like why people enjoy my pictures and sometimes I wonder if it's because it's a way to look at this type of relationship without like they can feel like guilt-free when they're looking at them because they can be like well she took the picture so like Mm. like I I just like wonder about that sometimes um because like what if all of my pictures were taken by Tim yeah like how would I feel like that would really change the way people view them and you know, that makes sense. Like, if we were to talk about, like, historically, like, the gays and photography, yeah. um, that makes sense. But sometimes, like, like a, if a man comes up to me and tells me that he likes my photography, I'm always, like, kind of a little suspicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm curious as to, like, why. Mm. Um, which doesn't mean that I think that there isn't a reason why they could like it. But part of me, like, questions it. It kind of makes me think of men who are really, like, excited about, like, sex, like, positive. Oh, yeah. Like, and it makes me feel like for some men it's not that they're actually happy that women are, you know, like, choosing to, like, do whatever they want. Like, they're happy about it because, like, they're benefiting, if that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes I'm just, like, aware of that or thinking about that sometimes. I think that... That's why I title my pictures in a very specific way because I want it to be I, I want it to be very apparent that it's my perspective, not even just like to the viewer, but just like for myself. This isn't just a picture of I don't know, like some people I think like Nan Golden, she titles her self portraits like she'll like refer to herself by her name, which I think is kind of interesting. Oh, Instead so when she's taking like self- a self portrait? Yeah, like, I, I know that she has one called, like, Nan after being battered or something, oh, and it's, like, okay. a picture of her with, like, a black eye. Yeah. And to me, that's just, like, interesting because yeah. it's not, like, a, she's not saying, like, self-portrait or, like, me. Mm, she's but you actually Nan. say me and Tim. Yeah. And I, I, I think that it's, like, because my photography is, like, I don't necessarily think that it's, like, groundbreaking or earth-shattering. Like, the reason why it's important to me personally is because it's, like, mine, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I do get a sense that um, that with, not just with, yeah, like the series Me and Tim, like that it is your view and I get the sense like even sometimes like when you're not, when you're in the picture with Tim, like just in relation to your other work as well, like it feels consistent in the kind of, the kind of like softness that I see and the sentimentality and the, the aspect of film as well. So mm-hmm. so I feel like there are these layers that I'm seeing of you in the different series. I mean, that's, like, cool to hear. Um, I think that I'm very drawn to a variety of different types of images and, like, different ways of image making, which makes it really hard to focus, if that makes sense, um, because I'm sort of drawn to all types of um, scenes I like using different cameras and because I'm using different cameras, I'm handling them differently, which results in photos that kind of look 
different from each other. So it's mm. comforting to hear that you sort of see this like similar, like you see this like thread of me throughout the images. I was wondering if there's like with the series, is it kind of like me and Tim? Is that just an ongoing thing? Yeah, that's like just like ongoing. Mm. Do you have any other ongoing series? Um, so I'm really bad at working in series. Mm. Um, again, because I. Like, I don't give myself projects. I've in the past tried to give myself projects, but they just always, um, they feel very flat, I think, because I go into them outlining, like, what it's supposed to mean to me and how it's going to look. And then it becomes very, like, boring because I'm not discovering anything while I'm making it. I'm just sort of, like, executing this thing I said I would make. Mm, Um, mm. So... Working in series doesn't work for me, so it's a lot easier for me to view my work as just being, like, one big project, which doesn't sound very, like, sexy. The rest of my work is still concerned with similar things. They just might be, like, less sex-related. But, I mean, even when I'm taking pictures of, like, landscapes or still lives, like, I think I have, like, a similar sense of, like, sort of bad sex joke humor that I apply to those images that I also apply to photos that I have in the me and Tim series yeah, yeah. can you give me so an example of one like, of the the bad sex the one an example of one of the bad sex jokes in in a still life image um I mean I have a picture of my friend and she's just sort of like putting two fingers into a flower like that oh, okay yep 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 yeah, like, that's just, like, a really obvious bad sex joke. Um, I really like pictures of food, specifically if they're kind of, like, phallic-looking, and that's also mm. kind of a bad sex joke. Um, I have this picture that I don't have up anywhere yet. I think it's on my Instagram. Um, but it's so this, like, really, like, just, like, sad-looking hot dog. Um, mm. And to me, that's, like, a kind of a bad sex joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Fellas, you're under arrest. What do I do? Um, call a lawyer? Hello, Fitzroy Legal Service. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if you are arrested, you should make a no-comment interview. A no-comment interview? Yeah. Well, how do I do that? You say... No, no comment. comment! To everything? Yes, except your name and address. Every other question you should answer with no comment. So if he asks me what colour my shoes are, I say no comment? Yes, you say... No, no comment. comment! To everything? Yes, say... No comment! If you are arrested, exercise your right to contact a lawyer and say no comment. Fitzroy Legal Service proudly supporting 3CR. So I wanted to know if there's, like, I know that things are kind of ongoing for you. Do do you feel like the self-portrait, your self-portraits are just constantly ongoing as well? Like, are they, 
like how do they what do you decide to like put on Instagram and like what what may you like what is different to your film photography of yourself I haven't really been making any self portraits recently mm-hmm. um I just haven't felt any like compulsion to if that makes sense um I feel like I'm still taking pictures of like the world around me but like less mm. concerned with myself within it um I think part of it is like I wonder how my photographs are read if I'm not in them and again this sort of like goes back to like my suspicion about why people might like my photographs um I don't know like I think it's just kind of like fucked up if I like share a photo where I'm like naked and how that'll be like so much more well received than like any other picture that I might take and that makes me feel like like we can all be like yay like self-portraits like it's like because of your photography but it's like well if you're like interested in my photography then like why are you only interested in like pictures of me naked Mm. so kind of like I feel like I still have a lot of pictures of myself and I still take them it's just like not that often I just like don't feel a desire to share them I guess because I'm being like a little like protective maybe yeah yeah. um like not necessarily of just myself but like of my work like I just don't want it to be consumed in that way Mm. um because I see a potential for it to be consumed that way like I think that for as many like you know artists that follow me who are like you know like interesting photographers who like have real things to say to me about my photography there are like just as many like creepy guys so um I'm just like not in a place where I I just like don't want to ignore that anymore I guess because before I might just be like well like fuck you you're like reading it this is like you're reading into it in a way that is very separate from the way that I intended the pictures to be and now I'm just, like, I'm not going to share that picture and I'm just going to, like, use it for something special and, like, that's just, like, not going to be on the internet, which is kind of unfortunate because, um, A, I don't really, like, do anything not on the internet, um, so the pictures just kind of, like, exist, Mm. but not in, like, a way that can be seen. Um, And the other is, like, if I were to ever, you know, like, put it into, like, a show or... Yeah. make a zine that's just like not as accessible to people who might want to see it but like can't if that makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah I mean what I really also like about your photography is like not just like the <laughs> the ones where you're naked but like I think in in the wider scheme of things like that you have like photos of like close-up shots of um maybe you and Tim's body but then also like there's this particular one of your legs and um, your feet's up on the on the car inside the car, and there's a flower um, mm-hmm. between between your legs coming up, but you're like wearing a skirt and everything. So I really like the colors in that, and um, it's almost like I can feel the the texture of like your socks and the flower itself. So I think that kind of adds to the quality of it. Um, but then I think that also like your nature shots um, and the photographs of your friends, like they all kind of um piecing together like parts of you into this whole thing rather than like separating you into like okay these are just like photos of you naked and doing a self-portrait or you and Tim yeah I mean that's also really comforting to hear because sometimes I do wonder like oh what makes 
like with some photographers, you see a picture and you just like know that it's theirs without having ever seen it. Um, and I wonder if that's like possible for my photography if mm. I didn't like if I physically was not in the image, mm. if people would be mm. able to look at it and think, oh, like that looks like something Vivian would take a picture of. Mm. Um, mm. But I mean, that that's like really cool to hear you saying that about those images, because um, I think I'm very drawn to sort of colors and textures and patterns. Um, I think because they're like so sensory, if that makes sense, like I feel like visually they are very evocative, I guess. Um, yeah. And that's like in a way that's very of the body, if that makes sense. Um so it's, like, cool to hear you say, like, oh, like, I can almost, like, feel your, like, socks in that photo. Yeah, yeah. When you look back on um, your old photos, do you feel like you can, you have this kind of, like, sentimentality and you can feel certain aspects of what it was like when you were in that photo or when you took that photo? I think that I take the picture because I kind of, I kind of know that I'm going to feel that way about that moment mm. later in time or like I, I even like already feel that way about it as I'm experiencing it mm. um, and that's like part of the reason why I'm compelled to take a picture of like whatever is happening um, I think that I go through my life just like feeling very sentimental about like everything um, I kind of like miss things before they're even gone mm. um, which can be like if we wanted to read into it, we could say that it's, like, kind of fucked up. Um, like, sometimes if I know that Tim and I are going to be, like, apart for a week, the entire week prior to that, I'll be like, I miss you. And he'll be like, I'm still right here. <laughs> um, so it's, like, yeah. I think that's, like, kind of part of it, I guess. Like, hmm. I just, like, know that things will be different in, like, a week and I want to keep holding on to how it is now if that makes sense yeah and that comes through in your photos you feel I think so I think mm. that's why I'm also like just like compulsively taking pictures of things yeah. um mm-hmm. is there a camera that you um are particularly into at the moment um I for the most part like a camera that has a timestamp on it um in terms of like 35 millimeter cameras, um, I will like, I'm just like at a point where I only want cameras with a timestamp on it. Um, so I like my contacts G1, um, which has a data back, um, which is kind of nice. I can like, I think it's the case with like all cameras with timestamps, but you can sort of play with the settings so that it's not necessarily just like May 11, 2000, 12 mm. you can sort of have it have different numbers that are maybe a little more vague which is something that oh, cool. um I enjoy just because I think it roots it in a specific moment but that moment is not necessarily um like clear for the viewer um which makes it a lot easier to sort of like have all of the images sort of like floating around rather than like feeling like they're jumping between times if that makes sense yeah yeah. Cool. 
Um, well, that's all I had to ask. So thank you so much, Vivian, for, for the interview. Is there anything, um, yeah. any last things you want to say, like anything you're working on that you want to promote? Or? Um, not necessarily. I have a few things that I'm like working on, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, um, I'd love to hear. Well, my friend um, Paulo Morales is, um, he is curating um, an issue of Paper Safe magazine. Um, and I'm going to have work in that, which I'm really excited about, um, just because I feel like it's an opportunity for my work to be seen. Um, that's sort of like outside the way that my work has like been shown in previously, which is predominantly like all like shows of like all female artists, um, mm. which I'm not against, but again, like I'm also kind of suspicious as to like, why only all girl shows? Like, is my work only like valid within this context? Mm. Um, and I, if I am able to get my shit together, um, I'd like to make a zine with my friends, um, that I went to school with who run this press called Tiny Splendor. Cool. Um, yeah, which I think will be exciting yeah is paper safe um did you say that's a magazine yeah it's like a magazine or a zine okay. each like issue i believe is curated by like a guest curator mm. will people yeah. be able to find that um online yeah i think so i just like don't know like when it'll be available okay. i think it's a, ideally supposed to be available by february but i'm not entirely sure okay no worries well um uh, we can keep in touch and then I can, like, help promote it when it when it comes out. Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email info at by-alliance.org. You're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio with myself, Tan Hung. Um, so welcome back to the studio. We just heard um, an amazing interview that I did with Vivian Fu. If you're interested in her work, um, she lives in California, um, San Francisco, and you can check out her work at vivianfu.com. I'll put up, I'll put up a link on the Facebook website. Um, and the song that we heard in between the interview was by Yuna. Uh, it's called Crush and it features Usher. <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah, so now I'd just like to plug uh, a couple of events that are happening in the next um, coming months. Um, Queering the Air will be going on a summer break from uh, December 26th till January 2nd. So during that time, uh, we'll all be taking a break, you know, basking in the sun, enjoying Melbourne summer. Um, but 3CR will still be programming, so please do continue to listen to 3CR and support us. So I just wanted to plug the um, Alterity, which is a QTPOC um, crew who put on events supporting Indigenous people and QTPOCs in Melbourne um, and around Australia as well. So Alterity, they're having an event on Sunday 18th of December on 3pm onwards at Schoolhouse Studios here in Collingwood. The event is... Um, called Rituals, and it's the politics of water as an exhibition of work inspired by the mystical resource addressing issues related to resource conflict, climate change, decolonization of the body, spirituality, and queerness. So there's lots of performers, musicians, and artists as well who will be presenting their work. 
Performers include Jules, Aziel Adan Sanchez, Namji, Lei, Babak Sayat, and Senya. We'll also hear sounds from Trixie Darko, Lucrecia Quintanella, DJ Nature Girl, Kushani Bud, and Infini Blade. Rituals will explore themes and ideas such as a barrier and a bond, creation and destruction, alienation and reconnection, fluidity and queer ancestry. We'll also see art by video work art by Bex, photography, video and installation by Zeno, video visual art installation by Wahe and sounds by Trixie Darko. So it's going to be really fun and really great. Um, all the all the money that will be raised will go to um, the One Million Women campaign. Um, uh, that's that's about regarding the um, so basically like everyone's been following around the world like what's happening at Standing Rock, um, but we actually have something like that that's happening here in Australia, which not many people know about. So in November 2015, Gemana, a gas, electricity and water provider, was selected by the Northern Territory Government to construct and operate the Northern Gas Pipeline. So it's a 622-kilometre high-pressure underground pipeline that will connect gas fields in the Northern Territory with customers in the eastern gas market. The NGP will run between Tennant Creek in the Northern Territory and Mount Isa in Queensland. The construction of the NGP is expected to commence in early 2017 and be completed by 2018. Back in July of this year, Northern Territory traditional owners, whose land is being targeted for the proposed gas pipeline, walked out of a joint Central and Northern Land Council meeting. The Wakaya traditional Aboriginal owners say that authorities are unconcerned about the potential damage to the environment and sacred sites. They are anxious about the impact of fracking gas fields and disdainful about the threats this has on their land, water and livelihoods. The Wakaya traditional owners are unanimous in their decision to oppose the NGP, so all proceeds will go towards that campaign. Um, another event that we have is Hot Brown Honey um, Burlesque is having another show in Melbourne. So if you haven't caught them in the last few times that they've been here, um, tonight is your last chance. Their last show at the Arts Centre Melbourne, 11th of December today, 7.30pm. Um, tickets available online at the Arts Centre website. So for those of you who don't know, Hot Brown Honey is an unapologetically fierce, serving up an audacious platter of dance, poetry, comedy, circus, striptease and song. With set, lighting, music and costume to rival Beyonce at Madison Square Garden. It's a political theatre like you've never seen it before. So if you've got the money, do do go support them. Um, they're amazing. So yes, they have Queering the Air support. Um, so just this will be like the my last show for Queering the Air um, today. And there's uh, Queering the Air will have its last show for the year next week. Um, so yeah, it's been really wonderful. Everyone who's been tuning in um, to this year on Queering the Air, thank you so much for your support. And thank you for supporting um, all of our shows and my shows as well. Um, Queering the Air will continue to do amazing work as always. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you in 2017. So we're just going to go out with a song by one of the artists who's playing at Alterity's Rituals event next week. Um, this is a track by um, Xenogenesis and it's called Empty Room and it's from their latest EP, This Heart's Alien Land. Enjoy. <laughs> 